Good morning, church. Good morning, friends at home. Um, it's good to be with you. Um, today, um, these, well, so for these past few Sundays, we've been in a sermon series, and it was it's entitled Stop, Luke, and Listen, right? And we've been focusing on becoming better listeners, listening to what Jesus has to teach us to help to shape and transform us into more of his likeness. But this is a special week. Today, we're coming together right after service. We have our um, annual meeting where we're presenting our budget. And so we're taking a break from our series to preach today from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. And the words that we are about to hear are a prayer or a doxology written by the Apostle Paul, who is actually imprisoned at the time. And Paul has been all about advocating and leading people to faith in Christ. And just prior to this passage, Paul has reminded the Gentiles and the Jewish community of Ephesus of their true identity as believers in Christ, and that God, their father and creator, has adopted all of humanity into his family as one body, including the Jewish community regardless of culture, color, or gender, and that every human being is redeemed by the blood of Jesus, forgiven when they screw up, and assured of being welcome into his kingdom now and to come. God entrusts us as believers to go out and show others how good God is, how great God is. And I'm paraphrasing all of this in the interest of time, so by the time we come to the scripture passage for today, while Paul is sitting in this prison cell, he is compelled to pray for the people. And note, he gets down on his knees, which is a sign of reverence and humility. So as we listen to Paul's prayer, you can read along in your notes, and I'm going to call it Matt to read our scripture for today. Good morning, everyone. I like the fanfare. I appreciate that. <laughs> so like uh, Pastor Cheryl said, my name's Matt. Um, the, the verses we're going to be reading this morning are, in fact, in your pamphlet if you want to pull it open. Otherwise, if you want to open your Bibles and uh, read with me, it was Ephesians chapter 3, going through verses 14 through 21. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. So this is a prayer for the Ephesians. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Matt, is it, did anybody ever tell you you have a good radio voice? <laughs> they have, actually. 
<laughs> okay, so this is a prayer. This is a prayer for God's people to be strong in their faith, knowing that they belong to Christ and his strength, and that we can draw upon it. It is accessible to everyone. Paul's intercessory prayer reminds people like you and me who are struggling with how to do life to not lose sight or heart that Christ is alive through the Holy Spirit, dwelling in our hearts through our faith when we're anxious, afraid, angry, despondent. And on top of that, when the world around us is in conflict, plagued by violence and injustice, idolatry and insensitivity. Christ is alive and working through all of this. And that faith that is in you is empowered by the Spirit and out of his unfathomable love for us comes an abundance of God's goodness at work in us. But here's the thing. Then comes this prophetic statement in verse 20 to end Paul's prayer. And Paul says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. What exactly does that mean? Sounds like we don't even need to tell God all of our prayer requests or dreams because he already knows. And he is going to do immeasurably more with the fact that we trust him to do and to be God. But it feels like we need to kind of flesh this out better. And for me, a lot of that time that comes through storytelling, illustrating God's power to do and be immeasurably more. Um, and so we're going to have our brother Neil come up in a minute. And he's going to share with you what it has felt like operating from the vantage point of scarcity, how God has done immeasurably more in his life. Right? So Neil, why don't you come up? Give him a hand. Here's the drum roll. Rico! I thought Rico was going to do it. Are we small people for not doing this? It's okay now. I see you this into it. It's on I'm not a song guy. Hello? Okay, so us musicians and sound guys, you know, we don't count well because I check one, two, check one, two. And then dancers go to five, six, seven, and uh, never mind. And then, no, there is no, there's not a bald guy theme going on today. So, anyway, my name is Neil. I do that thing over there. Um, I want to re reread the uh, Ephesians 3.20. So, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Um, okay, so first, I'm very pleased to announce that I my coffee shop has opened, finally. And... What Cheryl um, offered, and also what um, John, where's John? Where's John? Where'd he go? Oh, he's back there. What John um, also offered this morning before the offering prayer was that God will honor what we give him. And 
it rings true because the amazing part about my coffee shop opening is that it was never going to be possible just a few years ago. I was, it, it, my life was totally different back then. And without going into too much detail, let me just say that I hit um, a physical, emotional, and spiritual rock bottom. And many people will say I hit rock bottom and... My version of rock bottom was I was in 24-7 pain because of my conditions. And that led me to, I mean, not at all taking away my responsibility in what happened, but it led me to great emotional trauma and very much spiritual. I was very far away from God. And... Literally, again, taking full responsibility, I pushed him away from me. I didn't hold him close as I should have. Um, and that rock bottom literally, literally almost ended me a couple times. I will say that. But had it not been for the love, grace, and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and through the healing power of his Holy Spirit, he has restored me to a place where this new, actually my, my new way of life right now is, is possible. And with that possibility, that's where the, the coffee shop happened. <laughs> so um, now another interesting thing is, so God laid this path out for this coffee shop for me. Um, maybe a year and a half ago, but more more so a half a year ago that's when everything started moving and it happened so quickly and everything lined up so much that i knew it was a path that god had put me on but what i've also noticed is that the decision to follow christ is a simple one the actual following of christ can be very difficult the decision to follow christ is simple but it's not easy yeah. Um, committing to following Christ on this path was, again, simple. And the enemy put every spiritual boundary and in, in barrier in my way. And it was, it was rough. Let me tell you, it was rough. But good thing is, here we are now. My coffee shop is open. And the name of the coffee shop is Mr. Coffee Beanhead. Because coffee beans are like me, bald and brown. <laughs> I don't know about beautiful, but they're bald and brown. And well, somebody said, and a little bit bitter. <laughs> Just a bit. So um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to partake, but um, in that pot over there is the coffee that I brew in my coffee shop. Um, I hope there's enough. I only made one. <laughs> anyway, um, also, I have to say that I noticed that there, there's, there's thousands of coffee shops around, right? Um, what I don't want, and I've worked at a couple, and I don't want to just what I call sling coffee. You know, just make coffee. and like, Here you go. Have a good day. You know, that kind of thing. Um, God has put it on my heart to be more um, people-oriented. So um, I, like to, I like to try and greet people. I, 
I make every effort to remember people's names and their orders. Um, I don't want people to come in just to get a cup of coffee and leave. You know, if they want to talk story, I can. Um, sometimes I get myself in trouble because I have a whole bunch of orders to do and I'm still talking. So, hey, how you doing? So, what are you up to today? You know, but, you know, I do my best. I want people to feel special in my place. Special and appreciated and know that I'm grateful for them coming in. Because they don't have to. Um, there's tons of other coffee shops, franchises and stuff that people are just so, super comfortable coming to or going to and, you know, an option. And if they feel welcome and appreciated like I've, I want them to be, hopefully they'll come back. And that's the whole thing. Um, another little sidebar is that uh, Cheryl and I were talking about possibly starting a coffee ministry here. So that's in the, that'll be in the works also. If you want to learn how to make espresso drinks and... <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank, thank you, Neil. And yeah, those of us have, who have known you a long time, I think we have seen at times you've really had to cling onto God and, and trust. So um, yeah, we celebrate with you. Um, and I think when we look at Neil now, and he's here on Sunday, and he's worshiping and playing drums and engaging with each one of us, we see, we see the image of Christ, right, reflected in Neil um, as he worships, as he engages in relationships with all of you, serving God, and now serving coffee. Yes, yay. So. Okay, so what I love and what I see in this passage that Paul's teaching the community um, that he's, he's saying that being a believer means adapting to and living into a culture, a culture of abundance. It's not measured by goods or riches or success, but more importantly, by God's love and Holy Spirit power. I love that in verse 16, Paul incorporates this Trinitarian love as he prays that out of his, God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And when I think of the Trinity, I think of completeness and oneness and sufficiency and wholeness. And I'm encouraged as we read on in verse 17 that each of us, as we trust God, we are doing so together with all of the Lord's holy people, knowing that as believers, we are one body and that God can do immeasurably more when we partner with one another to live into God's mission, to share the gospel, to love God, and to love people. So what about the times when we aren't lacking in or for something, when it's not necessarily about scarcity? Can we? Or do we trust God less because we aren't desperate and we feel like we're okay? Well, guess what? You're not immune or excused from believing in a God of immeasurably more who is always at work in some way, even when we think that we are doing okay. Last year in November, I experienced many immeasurably more moments when I traveled with Nathan to Anchorage, Alaska. It wasn't a vacation cruise. We flew in so that I could do a series of interviews with Native Alaskans and Covenant Mission friends for a Covenant history class that I was taking for seminary. And the assignment was to do one oral history interview with someone who has been connected to the Covenant or impacted Covenant history in some way. 
And as my professor was talking about this in class, um, my mind was already racing because I had no clue who I could interview here in Hawaii or anywhere else for that matter. I didn't want to pick someone that had already been interviewed over the years for this class assignment. So I want to just kind of share with you, in case you don't know about our denomination, the, the Evangelical Covenant Church, they are heavily committed to serving globally, spreading the gospel and making and deepening disciples. So as early as the 1880s, the covenant actually sent missionaries to Alaska. And unfortunately, I don't have time to tell you the history and the details of how it came to be that they disseminated all missionaries all over and grew churches. Um, but long story short, the gospel did spread to the indigenous people of Alaska. And today there are 18 ECC churches there, which is totally amazing because they are a conference made up of one state, one state with a smaller population than us. Um, and when you look at all the other conferences in the ECC, all of those are comprised of several states to make one conference. And they have many more people with many more financial resources. So God has been working in the hearts and the people and the land in Alaska. So I take you back to my history class. So I really felt, and I'm always like this in seminary classes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm half the time I'm afraid because, you know, <laughs> um, the other half I'm like frantically writing my notes. But I could feel something different and I could feel like, oh my gosh, what is this? Is this the Holy Spirit at work? Because in our class, the superintendent for the Alaska conference, his name is Curtis Ivanov. He actually zoomed in with our class to share, you know, um, zoom to zoom face to face with us about covenant history in Alaska. And he mentioned that there are a lot of stories there that are going that, that need to be shared. And they're soon going to be gone because the many of the people that are able to share it are elderly now. And so they're going to pass on and so will their stories and their experiences. So I have this stirring in my heart and it's undeniably and strangely captivating. And so, yeah, I can only explain as the Holy Spirit. And if you've had that moment before, you know, right? Like you really can't deny it. Um, and so, I ended up after class asking my professor, can I connect with Curtis? And Curtis and I connected and we talked about gathering oral histories, not just for one, but for 11 people. And so in a two month span, I planned a trip to Alaska with Nathan and I, have, I think I have a picture. So yeah, thanks Cameron, you can show. We were in Alaska and we just happened to get there when it was like, there was heavy snow. It was so cold. It was so cold. Yes. That is Nathan. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I'm sharing, I'm sharing this story with you. It was actually fun to go trudging in the snow, but I'm sharing this story with you because in a time, this was a time where I wasn't like feeling scarcity, but I was just really lukewarm. I was okay. I felt like I was okay about God's presence and his power in the world around me. Um, and I knew that the Holy Spirit was working to do immeasurably more um, around me. <laughs> but this, this was something where God was kind of saying like, now let me show you immeasurably more. 
okay, personally. So um, every interview that I was going to be, well, Nathan, I, I brought him along to videotape. <laughs> so Nathan was going to be video videoing these interviews that were going to become part of the archives at North Park. And this is to help preserve history. And what was immeasurably more than I could have expected was I met some of the most beautiful people with beautiful hearts who had endured hardship in their willingness to serve God. Um, but in the process, they knew they were being shaped and formed in their faith and resilience. And so you can, I, I'm going to just kind of have Cameron go just show you some of the, this is Curtis and I, and we are conducting the interviews um, in Anchorage. And um, these are just some of the people that we interviewed. There's Nathan doing his thing. Yeah. I couldn't have done it without him. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, but yeah, I couldn't have done it without him. So. Yeah, you keep scrolling. And these are some of the, the um, indigenous um, friends that we interviewed. And so you can see a lot of them are older, very precious. Um, and they shared, went to see this woman, Ellen, and she was bedridden. But these are her, her children and the next generation. Yeah, so it was really, really special. So those of you who know me know that um, I am I really do feel connected with the elderly, and um, I met different families. So I mean, there was I don't know. You can just keep scrolling, and I'll just kind of like, yeah. So I met different families. I had the best sourdough pancakes. We were invited into people's homes. They cooked for us. Um, they shared their their culture and um, history with us. And one of them was. Did I give you the parka picture? Yeah. And one of them was this woman that we met and she they actually sold their parkas and under that is it's made out of animal skin. And then they put like what looks almost like aloha print on top, like a coat. Um, but she was like, let me dress you. Let me show you what it's like. And so I put it on and it was it was really cool. Is that the only one I have? Is that good? OK, so. All right. Okay, so um, yeah, so anyway, that was that was the experience. So I went thinking I'm gonna get interviews and I felt like we came back with friends and relationships that were built. Um, they are gracious, they're appreciative for what I was doing and they have no idea though how God used each one of them immeasurably more so that Nathan and I could see the beauty of Christ in them could see the beauty of their homeland and be encouraged to trust more. I was walking on crunchy snow. We stayed at a hotel that surprisingly was operated by a Tongan family that had lived in Hawaii all these years. And they let us check in early and check out late. There were, there were lengthy drives in the snow um, and that allowed me to look around and see the beauty of what God had created in the stillness, the whiteness of the snow. And most of all, there are relationships that began and they're going to continue as the Holy Spirit has done something in me to call me back there, hopefully this year, to gather more stories and to begin to also see the impact of the work that the covenant has been doing now through the conference and youth Bible camps. So I'm really excited about that. I haven't felt that kind of stirring in a long time. 
so um and and i have to say it wasn't all fun because then after i did the videos we had to come back and edit and put them all together and turn them all in you know, separate ones and so i was worried about how we we're going to do this because i'm not a techie person so again this is where i really see god's hand because when i shared what we we're going to do with pat our media and tech expert right he was like i can show you how he loaned us equipment um, and when I came back, he was like, don't touch anything. <laughs> like, don't touch anything. Just let me do it. And, you know, yeah. And it ended up with, I know, it ended up with these beautiful videos that we could share with the people of Alaska, but also preserve covenant history. So to wrap this all up, so you can see um, what a gift this was of how God can work immeasurably more the biggest factor from start to finish was really about trust. It was really about trusting God enough to overcome shyness for a moment, to reach out to Curtis for these interviews, to have a conversation with him, to plan. I'm such the introvert. I'm, I'm, yeah. So that was really tough. But trusting, and the trust went both ways because I think Curtis, who never met us, was actually really thinking, really, are you going to do this for real? Are you really going to get on a plane and come to Alaska, right, when it wasn't required work? So um, the other part about trust, trusting God and him doing immeasurably more was that all these people that we interviewed, they didn't know who I was. And so Curtis had to do the work of talking to them and saying, hey, this is what we want to do. Do you trust that we're going to take your story and we're going to honor what you have to say and where it's going to be put afterwards? And so... There was so much um, of that going on. I had no idea that this experience was going to be transformational as or as transformational for me in truly understanding and appreciating how God has created humanity in beautiful and unique ways with unique stories. And most importantly, that he is at work doing immeasurably more than you or I could ever imagine an ocean away especially when it's about kingdom work, about relationships, about enlarging the reach of the gospel and the process of growing to love him more and more. And in my case, bringing more healing to be able to grasp and live into what it means to be rooted and established in love, to have power together with all of God's holy people, grasping how wide and long and high and deep Christ's love is that surpasses knowledge and fills something in us that can only be evidence and a much needed reminder that completely trusting God is inviting him to make his home in our hearts. This Alaska experience helped me to understand the deep desire of Paul to overcome division and difference and be grounded in Christ's love and their faith in Jesus so that God can, could do more there could be more space opened up for immeasurably more for his glory and his kingdom. Church, God is calling us out to be the people of God that he lovingly created, adopted, redeemed, saved, and empowered to walk the face of this earth knowing that there is immeasurably more that God is waiting and wanting to do through the power that he has given us through the Holy Spirit that lives in our hearts. Are you up for this mission? It starts with trust. 
And for some of us, I know that is really hard because we've been burned from trusting someone. But I remind you that Jesus in his human form was also God divine, who created and formed everything to be good. And if you've been hurt by people or the church or the state of our world today, I get it. But start with what little trust you might have. And remember Paul's prayer, knowing that especially here at Wellspring, your pastor team and prayer team are going to be praying on our knees that you, you, you at home will be strengthened with his power through the Spirit and that you may experience immeasurably more in all kinds of ways. That here at Wellspring, we are open and waiting and willing for God to do and be immeasurably more in our lives, our ministries, our leadership, and our mission. Let's not limit God's immeasurable goodness and greatness to words on a page. His word is living and breathing. So let's make space for immeasurably more. Amen. So following today's service, we're going to be having our annual meeting and presenting the budget for this year. I realize as we present, some may see the glass half empty and others as half full. Friends, God has broken new ground, providing a new church home for us and people. We've grown. Certainly our cakey church has grown. <laughs> there is, there's new wine. So I'm asking you to not focus on the limitations as I would normally do, but to be part of the immeasurably more that God can do in you here at Wellspring. As we transition to our time of communion, I want to invite you to be shaped by God's culture of abundance. To do that, we can humbly and courageously ask for God to do immeasurably more together. So as Pastor Rebecca and Pastor Yumiko come to the front to prepare the table for communion, I want to close us by having us read aloud together Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, which is our scripture today. And may it be your prayer to cover you and those around you to trust the process that God has each one of us on to be shaped and transformed by the power of the three in one that lives in each of you. So let's pray as we read this together. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that it is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. 
Amen.